The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi portfolio managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, good evening, my friends. Another week under our belt, and the bull market continues. Indeed, it does. New highs made this week. Uh, it's just incredible to watch. It, it is indeed, but uh, I'll have to... Uh, Put a little bit of uh, water on the flame and that uh, inflation has reared its head. Uh, that's going to be a bit of a game changer, but that'll set us into 2022. The bond market will react. Uh, equities initially do well uh, when rates rise. If rates rise too much and they choke off stimuli, and that's, of course, what the market is concerned with, then, of course, different uh, situation. But the, the name of the game is to build wealth. And Jack and I are here each and every Saturday to help you build wealth. Slow, steady, Eddie wins the race. You must work. You must save. You must invest. And the key really is to work. You've got to get out of bed every day and work, and you got to do something you like. I, I, I can't tell you how delighted I am to... Uh, have as our first guest, uh, none other than Mr. Humble Howard. Uh, Howard Glassman, a man who I worked with in broadcasting back in the 90s. I learned so much from Howard. I had so much fun with Howard. And of course, I had to say goodbye to the uh, world of entertainment and head over to Bay Street. But uh, Howard loves the business so much. He's a stand-up comic. He's a broadcaster. He's a voiceover. Uh, and he's just very, very passionate about what he does. He's also very, very savvy. So uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Humble Howard. Yeah, well, hey, ah. you now. I just want to say, uh, prepare, prepare for better disappointment. <laughs> oh. I know a lot of people are tuning into your show, Wolf, and they're like, "Hey, what, what can I learn about the markets?" And then you're like, "Hey, well, let's bring on an expert, Humble Howard." And they're like, "What? This is this is crap. I didn't sign up for this." But first, let me just say, <laughs> I'm very excited to be back. You know, Wolf, this is the um, I can't remember the last time that I was broadcasting on Chorus Radio, but it would be quite a number of years ago, and I, uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Well, you know, you're a consummate professional, Howard, uh, but I, I'm following you on social, and again, I, I kudos to you. you. You know, you adapt, you evolve. Again, this week, uh, Mr. John Derringer uh, just uh, announced his five thousands show on the almighty q uh five thousand shows it's it's unbelievable so again another man with stamina but look we have to be able to change in life and adapt you know our careers are some 40 years in length and again you got to work you got to save you have to invest and you must do that throughout the process of your career if you want to become wealthy and that's again all part of it so howard yeah the markets are important but equally important more important is what the individual does to aid themselves right the good lord helps those who help themselves we're here to teach you my good friends to fish and again i remember howard <laughs> what he's when you got yourself into some trouble having some chocolate jesus manufactured in the archdiocese oh, right, on, yeah, right. well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but those were the days I, right I, you know let, let me uh, let me address the uh, what you just said first of all uh yeah i, I read that article about derringer doing you know five thousand shows and i said to fred i said you know we've done 
you know, we've done probably, you know, five or 6,000 shows. We've only done about four good ones, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. so there's been like four or five that were decent. The rest were just like, whatever. You know, I, I, would, I, I don't know what I can offer your audience other than, you know, my career, like a lot of people's career, is, you know, had some, you know, different moments that were great, some that I had to uh, adapt. I was fired several times. And, you know, I will say, as a, you know, it's one of the, one of the worst investments I ever made was getting divorced. But other than that, fellas, let me just say, <laughs> let me, yeah, that, that's something that Warren Buffett didn't tell you in the buy, hold, and, uh, you know, prosper. It was like buy, hold, prosper, and never get divorced. Well, no, Howard, oh, Howard, it's a big financial disaster. Uh, it marital is. breakup. It, it, it's, it's the most costly occurrence. But again, uh, Bill Gates uh, got divorced. Why? Well, some say because he could afford to. Uh, but well, again, exactly you have to choose your life mate carefully. Likewise, you have to well, employ yourself. Fred. That's why I chose Fred, because he and I <laughs> have been together for 32 years, and we're nowhere near divorced. It's never been better. Oh Howard! Oh Howard! Oh Howard! I but know, let's speak. Let, let's speak about you, and and again, how yeah. you continue let's to survive in me. a very, you know, but it's a very difficult industry. And I see you doing stand up, and I, I want to come and watch you do some stand up. I really do, for old times' sake, to make me feel oh, real well, good well, to see you. I, I appreciate you mentioning that, but you know, most people don't. Maybe they don't realize. Before I was in radio in Toronto, I was a stand up comic for years professionally, and I'm not talking about like you know radio guys hosting golf tournaments. I am. Um, Worked in Los Angeles. I did warm-up for sitcoms. I opened for some pretty famous comedians. I opened for Joan Rivers. I did a warm-up for Joan Rivers' talk show for several years and opened for Howie Mandel in the day. And so, you know, in the, in the time I was sort of humble, Howard from the Humble and Fred show, yeah, I would do stand-up the odd time. And then about five years ago, I ran into Mark Breslin and we started talking about the old days. And he said, do you ever feel like doing it anymore? I said, yeah, once in a while I get the urge to do it. But at the time, I was living in the suburbs, and it's not easy getting in and out of the city and getting on stage. And then around 2016, I moved back to Toronto, where getting to a club, you know, going to Yuck Yucks or some of the other clubs around town, for a couple of years before I re-signed with Yuck Yucks, I was on stage six and seven times a week just to get my feet wet again. And I was going to all these small clubs. But the point is, I put myself out there because I was, I, I was passionate about it. It's something I wanted to do. And in order to do it well, you need to get your, you know, sort of reps in. And then just before the pandemic hit, I was doing like, you know, the weekend before the pandemic, I did five shows at Yucks and Niagara Falls. I was, you know, doing this special show, that thing. And then the pandemic came along and I just didn't feel good about going into crowded rooms again. And then what you saw is I posted Saturday night was my first time back doing it since the pandemic. And I got to tell you, I was a little nervous. I'm always nervous, but what a great feeling to be around people again. I, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the, you know, it's fun to make people laugh, but, but just to be around a crowd of people was, I don't know, it somehow made me feel good. Uh, well, no, how, Howard, we're, we're, we're all longing for that. And um, I, I see Carla Collins doing a lot of work and she do a lot of work at the El Macombo. Um, that is a, uh, I want to get the wit, uh, the Wecker, sorry, the Weck, the Weckerly, Mike was Mike Weckerly. I think his name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I want to get out. I, I want to get him on this show. Weckerly's a former Bay street man. He is passionate about the music industry as well. Um, yep. and he, he's revitalized a, a an iconic Toronto venue. And again, again, I, I, 
uh, Howard, I worked in broadcasting because I love the music industry. That's why uh, you and I became friends uh, at CFY Radio because I love music. And the Elma Combo, boy, what a venue uh, to revitalize. It looks great from the photos, but I have not been inside it yet. And fortunately, uh, we're going to be uh, having our staff Christmas party there. I, I, I'm, I'm told I'm very, very delighted. But um, have, have you worked with Carla and are you doing any stuff at the Elmo? I have to ask. I, I, um, well, I was on Carla's show from the Elmo. I didn't actually, she did it uh, via Zoom with me. But I'll tell you, I've worked with Carla quite a bit the last five or six years, and she's the real deal, man. Like, I'll just tell your listeners, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, in, in golf, do you golf, Wolf? I can't remember if you golf. Poorly. Yeah. Well, I'm like a solid single-digit handicap in comedy. She's like a real scratch golfer. You know, she's like the real deal. Like, I dabble in it, but she is, if you get a chance, everyone, anyone listening, to go see Carla Collins, I'm telling you, take it. It's really, I mean, again, a lot of people know her from being on TV and the entertainment reporter, et cetera, but she's uh, got the chops, my friend. If you get a chance to see her, you won't be disappointed. Is there, no, uh, Sebastian, uh, was it Mesicasa or, uh, you, you know, I'm talking Maniscalco. about. Right, thank you, Maniscalco. He, um, he, he's going on tour right as we speak. Uh, he is getting rich in the industry of comedy. Uh, here in Canada, again, Canada has always produced great talent for Hollywood and for the international stage. Uh, you know, stuff like Yuck Yuck, Second City. Um, do, do, do you, as a Canadian comedian, can you make a living at it? Uh, well, first of all, I'm not in any way, shape, or form in, in a league that Sebastian Maniscalco or those guys are. Like, those guys are making... Like I could tell you what those guys get for a show. It's it's absurd. Like he would be a a guy that would fill, you know, like I say, a, a, a an arena. You know, it's a it's a it's an absurd amount of money. Here to answer your question, though, I'll tell you where comedians first. No, no the answer is no. Um, no one's making that kind of money. But there are a few guys making a very very healthy living, but only a few. I'd say Ron James would be one of them. Uh, there's another Canadian comedian who lives in the States named Jeremy Hotz, uh, Derek Edwards. And when I say a, a healthy living, like Ron will go across the country and do 2,000-seat arenas or 2,000-seat theaters at $75 a ticket. He'll do that 40 or 50 times. So if you, you know, throw the maps together yourself, it's a nice little, you know, it's a nice little living if you do that a couple of times. Jeremy Hotz. We'll do the same thing. He'll go across the country, 30 or 40 uh, dates, and, you know, you know, 2,000 times 75 or or $100 a ticket, that's a nice little, uh, and especially because comedy, it's, the, the road costs are so minimal. It's just you, maybe a road manager, and the equipment is a microphone and a stool. So in a band like the Bare Naked Ladies Tour, it's a big expense. When Ron James tours, it's the expense of hotels, planes, and a, you know, uh, make sure he's got a bottle of water on a stool. So those guys make a living. I'll tell you where I make a decent amount of money, and it's this way. I'm, uh, when, I do, when I do a corporate gig, I've got a corporate gig on the 2nd of December at the Royal York Hotel. It's a fundraiser, black tie affair. Is it the Moose and Goose? Yeah, buddy. I've been there. You're going to the Moose I'm, and Goose. What, 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 I, what, oh, what an iconic event. Don't I'm eat the, the horse. Entertainment. They, they're going to they I'm offer the they sell they, they offer Oh man, I may have to go. So, so that that event will pay me more in that one night than 
I'll just say this. Then three months of doing clubs. So those kind of gigs are definitely what... Now, I'm not big enough to get many of those. I just get a few of them. And what I'm doing at the Moose and Goose isn't straight stand-up. Um, for people who don't know, it's a, com- a group of guys that have been getting together for 60 years um, to raise money for different charities. And they hire you know, some pretty big comedians. And when they asked me, I said, listen, guys, I'm not in the same you know, areas, you know, Kay Trevor Wilson, who's a pretty famous stand-up comic, Jessica Holmes from the Air Force. Um, I said, you know, I can come and do a talk for 40 minutes. And so mine is going to be part stand-up and just kind of part a bit of a keynote that I do, more like storytelling than, than pure stand-up. That being said, you know, lots of parts of it are funny, but I'm not going up there with the. I don't want them, I've made it clear, they shouldn't have the expectation but I'm going to do pure stand-up for 40 minutes. You're going to do a great job. We're talking, we're talking to Hubble Howard, a dear friend of mine, a man who I worked with back in the 90s. I was blessed to do so, and I learned so much from him, Humble Howard. Uh, the man has stamina. He continues to uh, create content, uh, both live uh, on stage, uh, on radio. Remarkable to see. I'm delighted. To, it, working is important. Do something you love. You'll be better at it. You'll make more money. We're going to go to a quick break. Get right back to Humble Howard. Hi-Fi Radio, Global News, 640 Toronto. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not bow, I'm telling you why. (laughs) Oh, it's Hi-Fi Radio, my friends. I play you a little Christmas music because I'm reminiscing with an old friend of mine. Mr. Humble Howard, uh, a Jewish boy from Moostra, I believe, uh, used to host the finest Christmas party each and every year, Humble and Fred Christmas, down on Young Street at our old studios that we worked out of. Again, I'm taking myself back to the 90s, but I'm speaking about careers. I'm speaking about building wealth, and to build wealth, you have to have a job you like, you have to have some excess money that you can save, and you have to invest it, and you must do that for 40 years. If you do that, you will be rich. $5 a day saved, my friends, compounded for 40 years, equates into about $800,000. I'm sharing with you the secret sauce, the magic to it all, which is compounding and time. Uh, I'm speaking about the career development, career enhancement, and passion, Mr. Humble Howard, a man who has created content for his entire career, and he continues to do so. Uh, Howard, you, I guess, have been in the entertainment industry, well, I'm going to say for about 40 years. You were a teenager, I know, when you began, yep. and, well, and I'm you're no longer be, uh, a teenager yeah. now. Well, next year, I'm going to be... I'm, I'm, Six, I'm about to turn 62 in January, and that will be my 45th year of making a wow. But I, I, I will tell you, I was very wow. lucky. I'll say something. Early on, I ended up working for, when I was 22, I ended up working for a company that hired me in Calgary. Around the same time, I got hired to host a kid's television show. And there was a, a guy that owned the radio station, took me out for lunch, and he said, Are you, um, have you ever thought about incorporating? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well... We're paying you, but so is the CBC. You should look into becoming a personal services company. And I got to tell you, that conversation 
has led me to my entire career in Toronto. I've never worked for a radio station. They paid my company and I took that personal services company and, you know, used that money, invested it, I, I think even very conservatively. But what you talk about, like I started doing that, I got scared when I was 22 that I was never going to have a company pension. So what I did, and this is, I know I didn't, I don't think you're prepared for this. I started putting away money into a really conservative RSP at age 22 or 23. So do the compound interest without really making a, you know, I've had a couple of good years like everyone else, but it's the, it's the fact that for most of my life, I've been paying into my own, you know, retirement fund. And, you know, again, nothing too brilliant, just the idea that I did it early and I did it for every month of my life from age 23 till now, I've paid myself first. See, Howard, see, this is exactly what I've been saying forever. And and here you are echoing exactly the advice that we've been sharing with the listener. Um, You cannot start working, saving, and investing soon enough. Uh, If you start as a teenager, by the time you're 30, you'll be dumbfounded as to how much money you have. In other words, I can teach a teenager to have $100,000 by the time they're 30 with some basic, simple saving investing uh, strategy. Not difficult. But Howard, you've recognized, therefore, by doing so, by investing and saving for four decades, you're now seeing the true effects of compounding. You're seeing the exponential wealth being created, and certainly in the last couple of years to boot. Am I correct? Well, but, but see, the thing is, you know, the last couple of years have been the anomaly, but as, you know, a very smart advisor once said to me, you can't have average, you know, seven or 8% growth. You can't have an average of that without having some years at 15 and 18 and some years at four and five. You know, the idea is I've never been interested in watching of being a market timer. I've never been into that at all because you know who's smart enough to do that but i have been interested you know it's funny well if you i maybe you don't remember this but fred and i when we were doing the humble and fred show at the edge we did this bit for a couple of springs or maybe it was at mojo but we did a bit where we gave away a million dollars and all we did was give away a thousand dollars um in an rsp to a listener and said okay you know the idea is through compound interest if you put this away now in 40 years it's going to be a million dollars I've always believed in being pretty, I mean, yes. Okay. Like everyone else I've, I've invested in some, you know, once, you know, Oh, I threw 5,000 at an energy a mining thing, or I threw 5,000 into weed. Cause I was like, okay, I'll take a flyer on this. But just yeah, you, and around like, for, you, you and I were around for Briex days. I remember the Briex in the mid nineties. Listen, I bought, yeah. I bought, uh, Alan Cross Nor- bought some bought, of that. I remember I him telling Nortel. me, <laughs> Dude, I bought Nortel, and I remember my famous last words. Oh. I bought it. I said, well, it can't go down any further. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. but, but my point is I always put away money um, in a very conservative, you know, just these standard mutual funds, and just watched it kind of march along year after year. And as I jokingly said, Smart. you know, the Smart. worst investment I ever made was divorce. But even that, you know, like, Everything was paid for. It was an amicable divorce. I'll tell you, the best advice I ever got was, you know, if you're going to get divorced, have, have a, a friendly one because the unfriendly oh. ones are the ones that really cost oh. Howard. Howard, that is salient advice, my good friend. Uh, oh, yeah, you want to minimize friction. You want to have oh, clean, yeah. simple dialogue. Not easy to do. Emotions no, are running when, high, when, but when you, you've got to find – if you can – Oh. Yeah, like I, I told somebody recently that's just about to go through this. I said, here's the system that I employed. 
I went medi- mediation first, where we, we did, like, literally, my ex-wife and I were still very good friends. We did the mediation first, figured out exactly what we wanted to do with another party. Then we took it to a lawyer to make it legal, not the other way around. And our instructions to the lawyer was, just make this legal, but we're, we don't want to work out anything else. This is, these are the documents we want to make. Anyway, the whole point of this is, and, I, and I, I hear what you're saying. The hardest thing about saving money and growing wealth isn't that it's some magic formula. It comes down to the same thing it is for everyone's life. It's discipline. Listen, we all know we're supposed to exercise, but the discipline to do it every day is the barrier for entry for most people. We all know we're supposed to drink less, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's the discipline that most people, it's, it's the thing that they stumble up against. It would be easy to tell my daughters, put away $100 a month from now until your daddy's age and you'll be fine. They can do it, but it's the idea of, it, it, they understand it, but it's the discipline it takes to actually so, do it. So, so Howard, yeah, again, you know the answer to that question. Automate it. Just like a typical bill payment. You tell your investment company, just take the money out of my account. That way I don't have to be tempted right. not to put through the trade. Uh, so discipline process. I think, you know, Howard, I agree with you on discipline. I think the, the, the one thing that's just a little bit harder to do than discipline, getting started. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Right? You started at a very young age. Uh, kudos to you. I, I, I've been preaching. As soon as people begin working, they should begin saving. Again, easier said than done. But the sooner you start, you set up the good, healthy habits. And then that makes the discipline so much easier. I do want to touch with you briefly, if we may, Howard, on uh, Internet radio. Uh, is there money in that gig? And please, but at the same time, talk about the you know media the way... 18 to 34 year olds are viewing it today versus the way it was viewed when you and I uh, worked with that demo. Um, you know, I'd say there's, listen, there's no money in anything without hard work. But, uh, you know, I would say the people that I know that do the podcast model that Fred and I are doing, very few of them are making money at it. Well, that's just the truth. I always mm-hmm. tell people, if you're going to do a podcast, you better do it because you love that subject. You better do it because it's a passion for you, or is it promoting your business? Like if you said to me, Howard, you know, I want to do a podcast for my financial company. I'd say, great. What a great way to let people know. I mean, you're basically doing a podcast with the show that you're doing now, Wolf Tank. It, it is a po- no, it is a podcast. It, it the, the, course podcast. Tur- tur- yeah, the course turns into a podcast. Uh, right, they're all available no, on the no, website. Because this chorus is magic, Wolf. Chorus is magic. <laughs> <But, uh, laughs> if you're not Wolf Tank and you don't have chorus doing it for you, um, like I said, it better satisfy a passion or it better satisfy promotion. But Fred and I, you know, I've often said this, Wolf, you know, we made a lot of money working for other people. We did. And we made a lot of money for them. But we've never made more satisfying money than working for yourself. And I can tell you that, like, you know, there's an old saying in the world of finances, you never get rich working for other people. And not that we're getting rich working for ourselves, but I will tell you, it has been the most the most enriching experience of our broadcasting careers because we did every, we did it all ourselves. You know, we built the soundproofing with one of my best friends uh, uh, in the world, Jeff Lumby, in, in his in his workshop. Everything from that to selling the advertising ourselves. Wolf, you'd be so proud of me. I'm the sales manager of Humble and Fred Radio. 
<laughs> wow. That's unbelievable, Howard. That's, a, that's absolutely I unbelievable. I'll, I'll tell you um, one thing I didn't – Wolf, I'll tell you one last thing I didn't know when I knew you back in the 90s. I didn't know how hard but also how satisfying it is to ask other people for money and have them say yes. The greatest thing in the world. Well, there's a lot of great things in the world, and that certainly is one of them, Howard. Friendship is a great thing as well. Um, leave the audience with some advice, if you, if you may. You know, if, if someone out there you know, is thinking of getting into a career in the entertainment industry, be it broadcast, film, uh, content creation, behind the scenes, give them some advice, Howard. Well, I'll just leave you with this. My only advice, if you want to get into the entertainment business, no matter what it is, you know, you better do it. You better be doing it uh, because you really, really, really want to and not because you think it's something that might be fun for a while. I'm always reminded of that old saying about, you know, Seth Rogen, when he was doing stand-up comedy in Vancouver, he thought he'd move to L.A. and try his hand at stand-up. And he said, you know, it's that old thing of, I thought I wanted to be a boxer until I met somebody who really wanted to be a boxer. You know? <laughs> like, here's the thing. If you want to get into this business, boy, you, really, you better really want to be a boxer. Um, Howard, on a, on a final note, from a, from a um, career development point of view, something that has always crossed my mind was to take the improv course. Um, oh, have I you taken it? it? And, and, yeah. and can, you, can you can you maybe share with the with the listener why that could be such a career enhancer? Uh, listen, whether you're a financial company or a radio station, you know, uh, we 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 had this years ago. Our boss took us to an improv class because not only does it you know, open up your mind and, and teach you different skills, but it's all also great for team building. And, you know, if you were anytime somebody says to me, I'm going to take my staff to second city or whatever. I'm like, that's awesome. Because what you'll find out is, you know, in order to be successful in a scene or in a, a moment on stage, you have to work together. And that's kind of the, the biggest takeaway I'd have for you there. Wolf. Well, I have a great partner. His name is Jack. Uh, I stole the mic from him today because I had my buddy come, uh, Howard coming on the air. Um, we'll speak with Jack and JJ in the next uh, break. Uh, humble Howard, ladies and gentlemen, internet radio comedian, uh, good friend of mine. Uh, a real pleasure, Howard. I can't thank you enough for your wisdom, your time. I'm flattered to be asked. Thank you very much for this, and I hope we'll uh, get a chance to be together again soon. Indeed. Uh, I'm going to miss your Christmas party this year. I'm going to say Merry Christmas to you, my yeah, friend, okay. right here, right now. Uh, you stay safe and continue on with your success and make the world laugh. We can all use a good laugh. The world's and the economy are reopening. Uh, I hope to see you on stage very, very soon, Howard. Hey, man. Thank you very much. Going to take a quick break, get over to uh, Market Strategist John Johnston and check in with Jack Hartle as well and get a little market update and take a look at where we're going to head for the rest of the year. Hi-Fi Radio, Global News, 640 Toronto. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show, my friends. Show about money, Hi-Fi Radio. I am Wolfgang Klein. If you have any questions, WolfgangKlein.com. Any thoughts? Need some help? 
We're here for you anytime. WolfgangKlein.com. Uh, it is cold outside, my friends. Getting colder. We're heading towards that special time of the year. Yet 3,000 kids have to sleep on the street in this beautiful city of ours each and every night. I don't understand. I don't understand. But I want to help. And I want you to help. Uh, Covenant House uh, Executive Sleepout taking place uh, next week. Uh, I'll be sleeping outside. Can you support the cause, please? Uh, Coven House, sponsor, sleeper, Wolfgang Klein. Uh, I need to raise 100000 bucks for them. I have to raise $100,000 for Coven House. It's my duty as a citizen. So anything you can do to help out the cause, the kids will say, God bless you and thank you. We're to help you become rich. Yes, we are. Slow, steady, idea, win the race, my good friends. Um, but it's interesting to keep your eye on the road and be aware of potholes, turns, hills and valleys, and falling rocks. <laughs> JJ Johnson, a good friend of mine, a strategist, Davis Ray. We had his uh, partner on John O'Connell a few weeks ago, and I have to say we piggybacked on one of his ideas he shared with us on the radio, and that was uh, Stanley Black & Decker. We bought some of your stock there, JJ. You know the name because you're involved still in the port process at Davis Ray. But uh, Happy holidays. Welcome to the season, uh, John. Always a pleasure to have you back on the air. Market is so strong, as is inflation. Uh, what do you make of the strength? What do you make of inflation? Um, what do you think is in store for, I'm not going to say this year, because I think this year is pretty much in the in the bag, and that's a kiss of death. But uh, more importantly, what do you, what, what's in the cards you think for next year, the next 16 to 18 months, JJ? Well, I think the backdrop is okay. It's not quite as okay as it was when we talked a, few, a couple months ago. Um, you know, inflation is turning out to be a lot more persistent. Uh, that's bringing forward expectations of what's going to happen to short-term interest rates. And uh, I think we're in an environment where bond yields are going to end up being higher uh, over the next little while. And I think that'll create a bit of a flurry. Uh, in the marketplace, but I think the general trend in the markets is upward. You know, I, I, I look at 2022, uh, you know, we've had, you know, from the lows in March of 2020, we've had a great run in the markets, very little in the way of corrections. I still think there's a bit of the four-year cycle in the equity market is still has some resolution to do in 2022. And I think it'll be on the back of these higher inflation numbers and the potential for central banks to have to step up and show that they are, they're truly determined uh, to con contain inflation. Um, I think there's a high probability that inflation will be drifting down next year, uh, but it's certainly going to happen more slowly and later than I thought. And, uh, uh, JJ, uh, let us talk about the, if, if we may, because you, you touched on it. I want to make sure the listener understands what you're referring to. And Jack and I were speaking about the same subject matter off air. I have to put a call out to our market technician, Javid, uh, who, who is in a similar camp as you. So please describe to the market and to the audience, what is the four-year cycle? What does it mean? Where are we at? Why does it matter? Well, there seems to be this recurring pattern that, well, markets show a repetitive pattern over time. The longer-term economic fundamentals push the market generally higher. Population growth, human ingenuity, which generates productivity growth, gives us economic growth, which gives us earnings growth, and generally rising stock prices over the long term. Uh, and that's you know, basically uh, a pure financial, fundamental relation, economic and financial relationship. It's fundamental in nature. But over time, there's a lot of zigs and zags around that, uh, that trend. And they're not just related to fluctuations in the economy caused by you know, recurring 
uh, economic downturns, which we call recessions, uh, usually which brings about a good-sized correction in the market. But even independent of those, there are shorter-term cycles in the in the stock market and in financial assets in general, which reflect a lot of um, recurring patterns of human emotion. So they're not an earnings event, they're more of a valuation event. And one of the recurring patterns has been this four-year cycle, which often lines up, not always, with the presidential cycle. It's believed that in the later stages of uh, a presidency that there's the incentive to lean on the Federal Reserve and other central banks to goose the, the money supply and keep interest rates lower than they should be and to pump up the economy with spending and, and tax adjustments. So uh, we were due for a, a four-year cycle reset sometime late this year, which doesn't seem likely, uh, or in the, fir- in, in the first half of 2022. And I think that's what we're going to do. You mentioned Javed. He and I both worked at that same institution you worked at, uh, and the four-year cycle was deeply embedded in all the technical analysis work that was done there by a whole range of people back 30 years. And uh, it has a very good track record in history. We're in a, a longer-term bull market, uh, which means that that four-year cycle correction is going to be fairly mild. It won't be a 20% decline. It may be a 10% decline this time because there's an upward skew in the market in these frothier uh, bull market times, unlike the 2000 to 2009 period where it was a more of a downward skew. So uh, it's that recurring pattern, and you know, often there's a trigger. Uh, uh, one of the non-recession four-year cycle corrections I remember was in uh, 1998, where we were on the tail end of the Asian currency crisis. Uh, then Russia defaulted on its debt, and that triggered a very sharp break in the market. But it was ended up being about 15%, um, and it was onward and upward there through 2000. So uh, these events happen. Uh, they tend to not be very long, and they tend not to be very serious, although they feel like we- they feel terrible at the time. But you are expecting the market to, within the next, I'm going to say six months, hiccup to the tune of 10 to 20%, maybe 15 would be the number, correct? Yeah, kind of probably closer, you know, in the 10 to 15 range. And I yeah. think, you know, these are, these are normal parts of the investment process. It looked like we were going into a four-year cycle reset in September, but it was very short-lived. And, uh, we, you know, we may look back and say, hey, gee, that was it. I, I know I was wanting the same thing. Uh, and, and Jack, uh, can I actually, yeah, we got longer at that point in time. JJ, stay with me, buddy. We're going to go to a quick break, pay some bills around here, keep the lights on, make, going to make sure the microphones work. It is Hi-Fi Radio. It's a show about money. I'm Wolfgang Klein, WolfgangKlein.com. Any questions about money, we're here for you. John Johnson, uh, strategist, Davis Ray, joining us, a frequent guest on the show, good friend of mine, a veteran on Bay Street. That's the type of people want to hang out with, smart people. Help us make more money for you. Stay tuned. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back, my friends. It is a show about money. 
I'm Wolfgang Klein, Hi-Fi Radio, each and every Saturday night. Uh, Jack Hartle, my right-hand man, portfolio manager as well, lines up the guests, keeps me in check. Uh, John Johnson joining us, uh, market strategist with Davis Ray, uh, independent uh, wealth management firm, boutique in nature, dealing with high net worth individuals. Very smart team over there. Uh, we had uh, John O'Connell on. Um, one of their portfolio managers a few weeks ago, and a very, very dynamic conversation. Um, so uh, let's talk about inflation, uh, JJ. Um, it's real. Uh, the question is, will it stick or is it transitory? I've been in the camp that it's going to, there's going to be a transitory period of higher inflation, and then it's going to come down. Uh, when we think about the nature of the COVID shock, uh, when it hit in early 2020, it crushed both the consumption and production sides of the economy. Uh, so the production of goods and services and the consumption of goods and services. Very quick response by policymakers. First, the central banks cut interest rates to rock bottom levels. They bought all sorts of bonds, various types of assets. Uh, and then government stepped in with a lot of financial support for businesses and households. So the consumption side rebounded. Uh, well, at the same time, uh, the, the, in, the pandemic was really constraining the production side of the economy. Lots of excess demand, as we say, and uh, we're paying for it with the higher, in the form of higher prices for a broad range of goods and services. Um, yeah. I think looking out over 18 months, uh, I believe that the production side of the economy is going to increase relative to the consumption side of the economy, and we'll see some moderation in inflation. Um, you know, I think inventories are in short supply. Um, there's still labor sitting on the sidelines in countries, and I think they'll come sure. back in and we'll see a recovery there. But that being said, I think there's a pretty good argument for a longer-term inflation problem. You know, we're retreating from globalization. The demographics are creating uh, an environment where workers are scarcer than they were. Um, workers have. Did you sorry, sorry, JJ. I'm sorry. Just to, and Jack, if I want you to pipe in here as well, please. But do you say retreating from globalization? Yeah, we seem to be. Uh, I think we hit the high water mark <clears throat> in globalization probably in 2008, uh, and starting in 2009, uh, we started to see the emerging market members of the G20, the G20 group of nations, start to uh, bring in some protectionist measures, but it really hit the headlines and became apparent to people when Donald Trump got elected and his America first. And we saw some very aggressive trade actions. He didn't start it, but he escalated it. And you know, now with uh, the risk of trade barriers and the risk of transportation shutdowns because of pandemics, we're seeing a realignment of global supply chains. And uh, they're going to be shorter, uh, involve probably less foreign trade. You know, we had this great run through the 80s into the 90s and 2000s. Uh, as Eastern Europe first opened up in the late 80s, uh, as the Berlin Wall came down, we here in North America had access to all of that labor through the production and trade channels. And then when China joined the World Trade Organization, that accelerated. And now those channels are, are shrinking and we are retreating from globalization, not a massive reversal, but we're, we're retreating and that source of disinflation is coming to an end. And I think we're going to move towards a supply chain configuration that's safer, uh, but it's going to be more costly. And that means higher prices, and that's going to contribute to uh, an environment where inflation may be higher than we're used to. 
and shortages of workers. Yep. Over over to you, Jack. Yeah, no, I I would agree with what JJ's saying. Uh, I expect this decade coming forward uh, to be a higher growth, high inflation decade than we experienced, you know, from 2010 to 2020. Uh, I think that, you know, after the financial crisis, you know, people don't realize how difficult that period was, you know, on the American consumer, on business balance sheets. Uh, It was a financial crisis. So the bank's balance sheets, it took them a decade to rebuild those bank balance sheets. Now you actually have the exact opposite coming out of um, the COVID crisis. You have consumers uh, exceptionally strong. Businesses have have refinanced at exceptionally low rates. Banks have never been stronger. So um, I think there's a lot of recency bias in the market right now, expecting a deflationary decade um, and a recovery like 2010 to 2020. I would not be surprised to actually see the opposite because of the situation that we're in. In that environment, I would add, um, we're talking about inflation. I would just like to ask, JJ, what what types of assets do you see benefiting in that environment? Because we already talked about bonds. You know, yields go up, price go down. You know, you don't want to own a fixed income asset. Um, if you have a fixed income, uh, employment income, obviously that's very challenging too in an inflationary environment. What types of assets do, do you see that the listener can you know, invest in to protect uh, their purchasing power? Well, I kind of I looked at this a number of times over the years, and using the experience from the mid '60s when inflation was starting to rise until it threw into the '70s when it started to really accelerate and move to high levels. Uh, you know, generally at the at the highest level, equities outperform bonds, obviously. But within those asset classes in the bond market, shorter duration assets work, shorter term assets work. Corporate bonds tend to outperform government bonds because they have shorter duration, but you want to be in the short end of the yield curve in cash as rates are going up, and you want to be more in corporate than government securities. Uh, In the equity market, equities on an inflation-adjusted basis uh, generally show some gains, but not huge gains, even though the the year-to-year gains in in current prices is pretty high. relatively good but my my research found that it tends to be the growthier type of companies uh, that do better uh, ones rather than the dividend type of value companies when we look at that experience from 65 to 83 uh, it was small cap equities I, we don't have a good sector breakdown for the whole period uh, but um, the small cap companies tended to outperform large cap Large cap, at the time, the S&P 500 was more of a kind of a value index where dividends were important, and they underperformed the growthier small cap indexes. Now, the S&P 500 and other large indexes have these growthier type companies in them. So I would focus on that over the dividend uh, payers. And if you want dividends, it would be the dividend growers in that. Uh, Also, the commodities tend to do better, um, both the commodities themselves and the commodity equities. And I look... I found that by looking at the materials, specifically the gold um, sector, gold companies, and the same thing with the energy sector. We have a number of new assets on the horizon that have yet been tested. We have these uh, treasury index um, securities, and we have real return bonds in Canada. They've never been tested with higher inflation. Uh, They've certainly done well in the declining inflation environment, but they have yet to be tested on the upside, and I'm not sure they're going to be great. And the same thing with these cryptocurrencies. I I hear from everybody, oh, gold is irrelevant now because of crypto, and uh, that's yet to be proven as well. 
Fascinating stuff, JJ. Uh, John Johnson, Davis Race Market Strategist, good friend of mine. Uh, always insightful. Um, you know, you learn, you, you, you teach us a lot each and every time we have you on the air. I want to wish you a safe weekend, my good friend. Uh, be well, be wealthy, prosper, and of course, be healthy. Uh, everyone, have a great weekend. Jack, always a great job, my friend. Uh, keep your stick on the ice. Be safe, and uh, we'll speak with you next weekend right here on Global News 640 Toronto. Listening to Hi Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi Fi Radio for the love of money. We'll see you next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.